amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey, Ben, I don't know about you, but this past weekend was absolutely nuts when I went out to the grocery store to just buy some eggs. I tell you what, every year I feel like this time of year gets crazier and crazier with crazy holiday shoppers, but I have a solution to that problem. Uh Uh-huh. Just go to electioncollege.com slash store. There you can find some of the most awesome t-shirts, in my opinion, that have been created. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got our presidential and not so presidential ugly Christmas sweater t-shirts. And, uh, you know, you'll be the life of the party and you won't have to wear those itchy sweaters. And if you want to see those things in action, we're going to be in Washington, D.C., Next Monday and Tuesday, if you're listening to this, of course, the week it comes out. Next Monday and Tuesday, we'll be there. And uh, shoot us an email if you want to meet up with us. We'll also shout out on our social media platforms where we'll be and when we'll be there. And we'd love to say hello, grab a coffee or whatever it is. Yeah, we can't wait to see those of you who are in the D.C. area on November 28th and 29th. And again, don't forget that link. If you want to go ahead and grab your ugly Christmas sweater t-shirt, that's a long description. Uh, it's over at electioncollege.com slash store. Election College, episode 143, Presidential Pardons. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Jason, did you know that you can do anything you want, and as long as you're friends with the president, it's cool? Yeah, I I, I did know that, actually. Because <laughs> now's well, the time. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's not quite that simple, but uh, it, it kind of is at the same time. But yeah, we're going to talk about presidential pardons and, you know, how they work and stuff. Yeah. So, what's up with pardoning? Pardon me. 
pardon me, pardoning, uh, the American president, that'd be our president here in the United States of America, they are able to essentially go around everyone else. So if the justice system says, you're locked up, the president can say, not anymore. And they can either, you know, pardon someone who has committed a federal crime, or they can commute their sentence. That is the long and short of this episode. Yeah. But we're going to get more in depth, of course. (laughs) So the United States Constitution says, hey, president, you have the power of executive clemency. And that includes the ability to pardon a person who is convicted of a federal offense. And just in case you don't believe us, it's in Article 2, Section 2. And the state governors have the power to pardon state convictions. And really, a presidential pardon is its like an act of forgiveness. And uh, let's just put it this way. If you don't want to be forgiven, don't go and try to get a pardon because you'll probably not get it. <laughs> yeah, most people who, who lobby for a pardon are not on the list of people who are pardoned. Jason, there's probably a few things we need to talk about. First, does a pardon get your whole record like wiped clean? Are you free to go? Nobody's ever going to know about it, etc. Yeah, and that's a question that I had because, I mean, of course, in this age of the internet and records being out there and, well, the president pardoned somebody, you know that the person out in public is going to be known as, hey, that guy, you know, swindled America. And uh, <laughs> he's he's not going to be held to any of the ramifications of that legally. But yeah, does that follow him on his record? And it does not erase the conviction off your record. Yeah, I mean, you're still tried, most of the time, tried by a, a jury of your peers, and uh, they have decided that you are guilty. And really, what it's saying is... You still did it, but I forgive you. You know that that was me being the president. Uh, <laughs> we think it, we we think you're either forgiven for it or uh, it's not a serious crime anymore. We'll get into some of the types of pardons and everything. Maybe maybe there was something that was a serious crime in the 1960s, and now it's like really that was a crime back then. But the guy's still in jail, so sometimes those people will get pardoned. Yeah, and really that power to the president it exists for anybody and just about everybody. The only exception, and if you disagree with this, if we have anybody who's in the legal profession, you might know just a little bit more than we do. But unless you are being impeached by Congress, you're you're off. You're going to get to take advantage of the president saying, hey, I forgive you, and all is well. And that's not going to happen, probably, that Congress is going to impeach you because, well, Congress impeaches other people usually. (laughs) So the biggest thing that we're probably used to hearing about are absolute pardons. And you probably don't hear a lot of distinction most of the time between different types of pardons, but an absolute pardon, actually, you know, it's it's what you think of. You're totally free. You're off the hook. um, You have all your rights back let's say you didn't pay your taxes for years and you got arrested for tax evasion and the president says you're pardoned guess what you still don't have to pay your taxes which seems kind of shady to me but hey whatever yeah and a conditional pardon it makes the person who needs to be pardoned do something before receiving the pardon so the president might say 
hey, Ben, <laughs> bad guy, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> you need to go ahead and serve out this part of your sentence. And guess what, Ben? If you don't, well, forget, forget it. There's no forgiveness for you. And then there's something called a partial pardon. And I mean, that is pretty much what it sounds like, right? It You get off from some of the punishment, but maybe not all of it. And, you know, maybe maybe you committed two different crimes and the president says, okay, this one crime over here, you don't have to serve your sentence for it anymore. But this other crime over here, you still did that and you're still in trouble for that. So um, those can be a numerous things. Let's, let's say you did a really serious crime by doing a really minor crime. They'll let you go with the really serious crime, but you're still in trouble for the really minor crime. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, makes me think of reprieve. And that is when the president says, yeah, um, you're bad, man. You, um, you're going to be punished, but guess what? You're not going to be punished right this very moment. We'll stretch it out a little bit, which I don't know if a reprieve is something that I would necessarily want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it would be really good in the case like someone who was going to be put to death for something and they were giving them a reprieve because the case was still in order and they weren't getting it from the courts in time or something like that. So I guess I could see where a reprieve would be nice. If it was just drawing out your uh, anticipation of being executed, I would assume that would not be a pleasant uh, a pleasant thought to have. Yeah, it's like hang around a while and... uh Ooh, that that was not that, no pun intended there. That was, but that was, bad. that was really bad, and that was not intended. But um, yeah, I don't know if I'd want to think about it too much. Yeah. So presidents also, and this is a little different, can commute someone's sentence or you know give them amnesty. And so essentially, a president could say, "You did this thing; it was bad." this is what your punishment is. Instead of giving you that punishment, we're going to give you this other punishment that's probably a lesser punishment. I mean, obviously they can't up the punishment, but they can always bring it down. So um, if, for instance, again, if someone is up for the death penalty, the president can say, hey, judge, he's not getting the death penalty. Let's instead give him life in prison. Um, that kind of ha thing happens pretty regularly. Yeah, that's something that has been with our nation since the very beginning. And guess who we have to thank for pardon? Um, probably somebody really proper. That's probably why the term pardon came about. I, I would think so. Someone who would say sir a lot. Probably none other than the Spen Doctor himself, the Wizard of Oz. If you don't know who we're talking about, go back to a couple of the first episodes of Election College. But we're talking about Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of the people at the outset of the country we're still remembering England. And, you know, there, the problem was the power there. And there were so many abuses of power that they were just like, you know what, we are fed up with this. Um, we hate the constitution that we're building over here because it so reminds us of of England. And Alexander Hamilton in, in the Federalist Papers, not under his own name, uh, said, no, this is a good power. It's a good thing for someone to have. Just watch and see. And so we watch and see, and George Washington says, hey, all you people who were uprising in the Whiskey Rebellion, you're all free to go. You're fine. You're pardoned. So from that point forward, 
it was kind of impressive that, yeah, a president actually followed through with this pardon thing. And I guess they'll do it now. Yeah. Tom the Tinker. <laughs> he was yeah. the person who was credited as the first person to receive a presidential pardon. And uh, it was because of the involvement that he had in the Whiskey Rebellion. And if you haven't listened to our episode about the Whiskey Rebellion, you can do that. You are more than welcome. You go right on ahead. You can pause this episode even and check it out. So back to what we were saying a couple minutes ago. If you are going to be considered for a pardon from the president, you have to be convicted of a federal crime. And so some of you may have seen a documentary recently on Netflix called Making a Murderer. You know that there are giant petitions that were going forward to the White House, and uh, the president had to reject the petition. Um, maybe they, maybe he wanted to, maybe he didn't, but had to reject the petition because it was a state offense, not a federal offense. So that's a great example of when a lot of people are in support of a pardon, but the president is just doesn't have the um, power to do so legally. Yeah. So if you are going to apply to be pardoned, it needs to be a federal offense. If it's a state offense, you just go to your governor, which, you know, all of us can just walk up to our governor, right? And say, hey, <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> Pardonnez-moi, s'il vous plaît. Yeah, you're going to have to go through a huge process where you are going to answer a ton of questions about your activity since you were convicted. You're going to have to uh, divulge your credit status, any lawsuits that you have um, involvement in, or if somebody is suing you. Uh, have you had any brushes with the law? And you need three people who are going to vouch for you, uh, for your character, and you're going to need to sign an affidavit saying, hey, I'm a good person. Pardon me. You could have your uh, cellmates attest to your good character. I'm sure that would carry a lot of weight. Yeah, I, yeah. I would imagine. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, this was one of the craziest stories ever I have ever heard, and I have to admit, I never had heard it. But you remember Andrew Jackson, right? I do. Yeah, Andy Jack. By the way, you can buy a Andy Jack or Andrew Jackson Ugly Christmas t-shirt right now on sale <laughs> at electioncollege.com slash store. But he's the only president who actually received a rejection of a pardon. So this guy, George Wilson, he's a postal clerk. He robbed a federal train and he kills a guard. And it happens during the Jackson administration. The court says you are going to die. And the public was like, um, we don't really like capital punishment. That's, that's so 1790s, you know, we're in, we're in the 1820s now. We're pretty sophisticated. <laughs> so right. Jackson says, Hey, Wilson, you're off. You're pardoned. Wilson says, Nope. <laughs> so guess what? The Supreme court gets involved. Yeah, and the Supreme Court steps in and says, can someone actually refuse a presidential pardon? Like, we're not sure. And eventually they decide, well, a pardon is a piece of paper, technically. I mean, that's that's how they did it. And if that person decides to decline that piece of paper, they've declined the pardon. So a person does have to actually accept the pardon. So George Wilson dies. 
He is put to death and does not receive his pardon, does not accept his pardon, and uh, has to carry out his sentence. Yeah. So Chief Justice Marshall said, quote, a pardon is a slip of paper, the value of which is determined by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. If it is refused, it is no pardon. George Wilson must be hanged. Crazy. I don't think I'd reject a pardon, probably. No, I'd be like, thank you. I <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> See <Yeah>. ya. <laughs> so something a little crazier, to me at least, is the one time when Harry Truman, you know, the president, mm-hmm. almost got assassinated. Oscar Colazzo tried to assassinate him and got a death sentence. And President Harry Truman's like, you know what? I think I'll commute his sentence down to life in prison. No problem. Uh, and then he met him and actually gave him the commutation. And I'd like I'd like to know how that interaction went for sure. I but I can't imagine it was uninteresting. Yeah. I cannot imagine. So go Harry. We're wild about Harry. And uh, Oscar was, I guess, too. So backing up to the post-Civil War era... Uh, President Andrew Johnson said, did you fight as a Confederate soldier in the Civil War? Well, guess what? You're pardoned. So he actually gave amnesty to all of the Confederate soldiers. So get this, Ben. He also grants pardons to Dr. Samuel Mudd, Edmund Spangler, and Samuel Arnold, who were all charged with conspiring to assassinate President Lincoln. Jason, do you think that's more controversial than when uh, President Ford pardoned President Nixon? That's, I mean, one was an assassin, conspirer, one was uh, perhaps something else entirely with, you know, some tapes and stuff. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was watching a a children's cartoon earlier tonight, (laughs) and the idea was that there was this police officer and he was a little dopey. And Uh somebody was robbing people, and it was pretty serious. And the children who were interacting with the police officer were like, you need to go after those guys. And the police officer was like, you need to get off the grass, he said to a couple. And um, (laughs) this lady was walking her dog, and the dog, you know, goes to the bathroom in the, in the, the grass. And he's like, you didn't pick that up. You're getting a ticket, you know, and he's writing all these tickets yeah. and everything. And meanwhile, the really big crime, well, they were just leaving and uh, we're about to get away with it. Of course, they didn't. But sure. uh, that kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Well, Jason, there are a couple other pretty controversial pardons uh, that happened. We mentioned a minute ago the the Whiskey Rebels and, you know, everybody getting everybody getting pardoned that was part of that (laughs) and Washington at the end of it when everybody's there's kind of an uprising and there's a whole bunch of people arrested there's about you know two or three different people convicted of treason and they were supposed to be hung and he kind of knows that if this happens I got a lot of whiskey lovers gonna (laughs) come after me so he ends up uh, choosing to pardon those men who were uh, sentenced uh, to treason and, and death. So that was nice. I yeah. Suppose. Man, in that era, you didn't mess with the whole treason thing. 
No. They would they would send you to the gallows straightway. <laughs> so in the mid-1800s, 1858, Brigham Young, which a lot of you are going to be familiar with uh, Brigham Young, he was the founder of Salt Lake City, and of course, he was an early leader of the LDS Church. He, well, was convicted of being a renegade out there on the Western frontier, and he was very resistant to federal intervention on anything that was happening out there in Utah. And the federal government was very concerned that Young and the Mormons would turn the territory of Utah into a theocracy. So in 1857, President Buchanan sends the army out to Utah to take control back. And this becomes known as the Utah War. And that might be a good episode for us to do at some point. But um, Young's followers, they stand off with, they have this big standoff with the, uh, the U.S. Army. There was an incident in September of 1857 where a large group of Mormons killed over 100 civilian members of a California-bound wagon train. And um, yeah, this big massacre did happen. Under Young's command, he received a full pardon from President Buchanan as a part of a peace compromise with the United States government. Yeah. How crazy is that? It's like... Okay, so you killed a bunch of people. You you had a standoff against the federal uh, troops, but as long as you promise to quit it, you'll be okay. Eh, yeah. Okay. The Civil War was a time where we've already mentioned a little bit, but a lot of people were pardoned, and uh, U.S. General Fitzjohn Porter was actually one of those people. He was kind of you know disgraced when he lost uh, the Second Battle of Bull Run. And, well, he didn't really react to the orders that were given him. He was pretty slow to react to them. And he ended up taking this really bad, devastating loss, and the Union loses, I mean, in that particular instance. And Porter gets court-martialed because he didn't listen, and then he gets dismissed from the Army and has this huge, long, drawn-out, controversial public trial. And... Porter's like, I think, I think I got the raw end of this deal. I think I'm a scapegoat, and who knows whether or not he was. But he ends up uh, fighting for over 20 years, and finally, there's an official review that comes out and says, yeah, Porter, he didn't have any wrongdoing. He was fine. Um, he, he actually probably helped a little bit from us getting beat even more. So President Arthur in 1882 says, okay, yeah, your your sentence is commuted and you're restored to the military. And then later on, he ended up pardoning him. So I guess it's okay sometimes to petition for your own pardon. Yeah. Yeah. He got kind of strung along a little bit. Hey, you know, like it wasn't just, (laughs) hey, you're pardoned. No, uh, we'll commute your sentence and then we'll we'll see how that goes. Sure. So a lot of our election college listeners are going to remember the episode that we did about Eugene Debs, who was a prominent socialist politician from the early 1900s. He received nearly a million votes in the 1920 presidential election, even though, well, guess what? He was in a jail cell when that happened. And he had been arrested in 1918 after he gave a speech that questioned 
the U.S.'s involvement in World War One, and he encouraged the resistance to the draft. So he was charged with sedition and violation of the Espionage Act, and he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. And Debs, you can't vote, and you don't have all of your rights anymore because of what you did. So he's there in jail, and of course Woodrow Wilson is not going to pardon him because, well, Wilson's fighting a war and winning a war, (laughs) or helping the Allies win a war. So he's there in jail, and Warren G. Harding comes to the presidency, and he was freed in 1921. So Harding communes Debs' prison sentence to the time that he served, and, well, Debs is quite old at this moment, and he dies in 1926, but he gets his citizenship awarded back posthumously by a 1976 Act of Congress. At least that's nice that they did that. You know, and it's kind of funny because when we did that election, when we were back in the in the first series of the podcast, and we were talking about Debs and he was a socialist and everything, we actually received some comments saying, you guys were not treating this guy fairly. And that's the reason we went back and did an episode about him specifically. But um, sure. it's it's interesting to see what history does to some of these people who... You know, you can just mark them off as, well, he was a socialist. Big deal. Boom. Right, um, right. But they uh, they have a following even to this day. Sure. And, I mean, talking about this guy getting his citizen- citizenship restored uh, posthumously, um, a lot of the pardons that you see presidents making, so, you know, many, many presidents make a lot of pardons, a lot of them are for people who are dead. I mean, they're just trying to clear the person's name, uh, because they've been petitioned by the family or, or an organization that's been sticking up for the, that person's uh, m- memory. A lot of pardons. So you may see a president has hundreds of pardons, but a lot of them might be for people who have been uh, dead and gone for years or for people who maybe committed a crime a long, long time ago, already served their sentence and are out of prison, but they're pardoned anyway. So just a side note. So Jimmy Hoffa, we all know Jimmy Hoffa. He was the leader of the Teamster Union. And so, you know, Jimmy Hoffa has some some good successes and gets some good contracts for everybody. And then the government starts looking into things and says, you know, some of the practices here that are happening, not so good. And so Jimmy Hoffa actually gets convicted and he gets uh, eight years for jury tampering because he, you know, he's maybe maybe pretending to or trying to bribe a, a maybe a juror or something and he also gets five years for mail fraud and uh so he goes to jail and serves for a few years and president nixon's like you know what jimmy hoffa i'm gonna commute your sentence and in exchange for me commuting your sentence you can no longer participate in anything related to the teamsters but a lot of people were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we know that somehow, some way, Jimmy Hoffa is going to tell the Teamsters, yeah, back Nixon's campaign. And um, there you go. He, he gets pardoned uh, or commuted his sentence, at least. Uh, the Teamsters back Nixon's campaign. And 
everybody seems to have forgotten about it because later on, Jimmy Hoffa just disappears and yeah. nobody knows where he went. Yeah. Well, somebody does. <laughs> somebody does. That, that's one of the big mysteries that, you know, if you think about it too much, your head's just going to, you're going to have a bad headache. Yeah. Thinking about that. So we've talked about the pardoning of Richard Nixon that Gerald Ford did. Oh, what? Just about a month or so after Nixon left the presidency in disgrace, Gerald Ford sought to heal the nation by pardoning his predecessor. And, well, many will say that that caused Ford's defeat in 1976 to Jimmy Carter. Whether or not that is true, if that really is the reason why Ford wasn't elected as the president, um, well, that's debatable. But I think a lot of historians now are saying, well, even though Nixon hadn't yet been convicted of a crime, the pardon was good. It was good that Ford did step in and sure. took the nation away from having to see a former president uh, go to go through a big trial and then on to prison. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that'd be a a rough one to to have to watch through, and it would probably deflate your confidence. Uh, in our form of government. but uh, Patty Hearst is another huge uh, controversial one. She was actually the granddaughter of William Randolph Hearst. We've talked about William Randolph Hearst a couple different times. And she gets kidnapped and held for ransom by the Symbionese Liberation Army. And so she was at least thought to be a hostage. And then later on she says... You know what? I actually voluntarily joined them. Um, my name's Tanya now, and I'm going to go and participate in a bank heist. So it gets a little bit crazier after that, and she starts running around and escaping from police and everything until the FBI catches her in September of 1975. And so, of course, you know they play, and maybe it was true, the, the she'd been brainwashed and um, had been abused and everything like that, but she still gets sentenced anyway. And so President Jimmy Carter says, um, I think that punishment is way too harsh and she should be, you know, serving way less of a sentence. And then later on, um, President Clinton actually issued her a full pardon. Um, so yeah, there you go. Yeah. And some of the not so controversial pardons would include the annual pardoning of the Thanksgiving turkey. Which oh. reminds me to let all of you wonderful people know that, well, at least this co-host of the podcast is really thankful for each and every one of you. And, uh, well, Ben, I think you're pretty me thankful too. too. I'm thankful for you, oh. man. <laughs> I'm thankful for you too. And we're going to be hanging out. A lot of you know that we... um. We live in different states, but we're going to be hanging out in the same house for Thanksgiving. So that'll be a really cool time uh, just to, to chill. Um, but yeah, we're thankful for you. And if you're listening to this the day it releases, it's Thanksgiving week. So next episode, we're going to talk about the uh, the whole Thanksgiving turkey pardoning thing and then Thanksgiving in general. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's like a Thanksgiving extravaganza without the food. Yeah. And believe it or not, it does have something to do with 
elections and presidents, at least. So that'll be fun to find out what it is. <laughs> we would be very thankful if you would head over to iTunes right now. Go to electioncollege.com slash iTunes. It will put you right where you need to be to leave us a rating and review for the podcast. It not only helps us get the word out about this adventure that we have been taking for the last year and a half, but um, yeah, it helps us. Yeah, and the other thing is, if you're thankful for somebody and you plan on buying them a quirky gift for Christmas or whatever holiday it is you may celebrate or no holiday at all. You just like them and you want to give them a gift uh, or you want one for yourself. We have those crazy uh, ugly Christmas sweater t-shirts available for sale over in our store on our website at electioncollege.com slash store. You can head over there and pick one of those up. We've got Alexander Hamilton. We've got John Quincy Adams. We've got Andrew Jackson. I think you're probably going to like them if you haven't taken a look at them, but you should definitely do that. Let's get into the swing of things, and eventually we're going to have to have a cutoff to guarantee them by the holidays, so make sure to get in there and grab one as soon as you can. Of course, we'd love to interact with you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're at Election College. Be sure to check out the show notes for this podcast by visiting electioncollege.com slash 143. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.